2: I was probably, I'm going to say one of five or six last people that uh, had a chance to visit with him before he got in the car that day. So it's a good memory for me to uh, just share that part with him and, you know, coming down the track, but talking about turkey hunting. 5, 4,
0: three, two, 1, You're-
1: Welcome to Kevin Harvick's Happy Hour, presented by NASCAR on Fox, and you can follow along with us on YouTube or anywhere else that you get your podcast, and anywhere on social media at Happy, or I'm sorry, Harvick Happy Pod. We've got Bill and Tyler Jordan here today. They're. Uh, owners of, of Realtree and longtime friends of mine that have, that have been through a lot of the, the racing moments and episodes and just all kinds of, of fun times through the years. Uh, Bill was actually my first sponsor at RCR. He kind of uh, broke the ice with, with Richard Childress and, and was on my ARCA car in 1999 at Talladega Super Speedway. So um, the Realtree brand has been on my car or my helmet or something uh, since I was uh, in the car that particular day all the way until the very last day in Phoenix. So um, welcome. Thank you guys for for taking the time to actually come to the studio. So that yeah, absolutely that, that makes it even that makes it even more fun because of the fact that we get to uh, we get to show off the set and and all our fancy technology and cameras and everything that we have that that we have. So um, I thought it would be really cool for you guys to to come in here today. We haven't Heard, I've heard a lot of the stories, but I think a lot of people will actually enjoy a lot of the the time that you guys have spent and taken and and uh, been a part of the sport, been a part of drivers' lives uh, away from the racetrack. And I thought it would be would would be fun to to bring you guys in here. So just kind of give us give us the background of actually how the RealTree brand started in NASCAR racing because it was it wasn't yesterday that that this started. It has been. A long run for for the Realtree brand, but tell me, tell me, and our our listeners, how you guys got started in NASCAR and why?
2: Well, it it was a long time ago, and in our Arker car that we ran in 1999 your first sponsor, but but it started really 12, 15 years before that. And you know, my friendship with Richard Childers and, and uh, obviously with Dale Earnhardt and Davey Allison back in the day, the three of us met on a hunt together of all things, and uh, you know you can imagine Dale and Richard, you know how crazy he is about hunting and fishing. And D- and Davey was the same way. We all met a, on a hunt with Buckmasters. And uh, so automatically uh, and immediate, you know, we we had a friendship going. They liked what I did. They liked the hunting side. Even though I followed NASCAR, I wasn't in NASCAR. And so uh, from that original hunt with the three of us, with Richard and Dale and Davey, we just all decided together we were going to hunt together. So, that original uh meeting back in nineteen eighty seven was a year that we all met and then uh obviously we stayed in contact with each other and hunted and fished and did all the things that you know with richard but uh it has been a long time well i think
1: I think w- when you when you had your relationship with with Davy Allison yep. that actually started as a as a
2: relationship in the souvenir
1: business correct
2: that is correct you know Davey, a lot of people don't know that you know unfortunately Davey passed away in a helicopter crash and uh uh we uh Dave and i were business partners on his souvenir rigs and you know back in the day it was just incredible you know what davy sold and dale did you know at trackside and uh you know Davey actually came to me in uh, 1990 and said no i, I need uh, for you to do our souvenir rig and i kept telling him i said davy there's no way i'm trying to get this real tree thing started you know it's a business and i just don't have the expertise in running souvenir rigs and uh so he kept trying and convincing me. And so uh, we did come with souvenir rigs, you know, with the 28. We did, yeah. We 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 housed them in our hometown that you've oh, been yeah. to in Columbus, Georgia, and uh, the souvenir rigs, and went to racetrack, and we got a day-to-day guide, you know, to run the operation. And uh, just unfortunate that Davey didn't get a chance to to see everything. And, uh, you know, he was one of the favorites, obviously, at the NASCAR track. But uh, just a lot of good memories of Davey, and then Dale and Richard and myself, uh, you know, after that, you know, started hunting a lot together. And so it kind of originated from that original hunt in 1987.
1: So you were in the in the souvenir business yep. for for a long time obviously with with Davey. So yep. you got to see the transition of how things change to to where they are pretty much up until a few years ago when when you guys took your trailer off the road but um how was it different from from when you guys started it was it, it seems even when I started in in 2000 it was almost a little bit of uh Free for all, I guess you could say. Yeah, it, it, was still, it is a lot less structured than it, than it is today.
2: Well, you know, our friend Chris Williams, you yep. know, uh, action performers, you know, ran the souvenir rigs, and uh, you know, it was a little bit of free for all, you know, and and with Dale, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and I'm it's new to me, yep. and so. Uh, uh, it was it was just crazy. That's all I can tell you. You know, the, and the amount of fans that came, to the souvenir rigs were just astronomical, and uh, those rigs were just and people would be lined up for, for hundred yards or so, two hundred yards, just waiting to buy merchandise. But it was a free for all, and a little bit more structured now, as you know. And when you got into the sport, uh, souvenir rigs were still there. The business was still good, but I don't know. Those golden years of eighty eight through maybe ninety two, ninety three, it was just crazy. What,
1: you have any good stories of like how much cash you guys brought home at once? Well, when, I, know, I was hoping I you wouldn't say did that. You, <laughs> did you bring home a bag or did you fly it on the plane? You've already,
2: you already you already know all those. Seat? You already know those <laughs> stories. It, it this is crazy. And uh, so it, yes, to answer your question, so you dealt in cash back in the day. And how much? Uh, you know, How much do you remember bringing home? <laughs> no, I, uh, it's up there. It's up there. Uh, it's, it's, Millions. It's, uh, it's up there. It's, okay. o- it's, it's, over a half a million dollars. And in a single week, you would leave. Yes. You would li- wow. leave. You've heard these stories, <clears> you know, <throat> you'd leave the souvenir near rigs and there was no guards. There was nobody there. And, uh, so, uh, you would have three, four, $500,000, especially on the Talladega race, which was Davey's home track. And, right. and uh, so you did, you basically put it in a garbage bag and you know, kind of took it to the house, and on Mondays, you would count it. And so, if anybody really knew, which you can't do now, thank mm-hmm. goodness. But if anybody knew, and they wanted to walk away with two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, just meet you at the door at the back of the souvenir rig. But fortunately, nothing happened.
1: Wow. That's so crazy. Davey dies yeah. in nineteen ninety two. Ninety, yeah, ninety one, ninety two, 92,
2: 91? yeah. Yep. I think it was ninety two. Ninety two, yep.
1: And you have to transition out of your relationship with with Davy from the souvenir side of things. We do. So, how do, I mean, how do you wind up with Earnhardt?
2: Well, you know, we all hunted during that period. You know, Davey, Richard, and Dale and myself. And we kept all those relationships going. And, you know, we had a television show on the Nashville network, TNN, called Realtree Outdoors. And uh, so, uh, you know, Dale and Richard both were a constant, you know, guests on those shows with me. And uh, But we enjoyed just being around each other. And so it was, really, it was a real easy thing. And, uh, you know, it evened up uh, all the way through the 90s. Uh, I can't tell you how many times Dale was on Realtree Outdoors and was Richard, and uh, and those relationships were just there, the friendship, just very similar where you and I have and Tyler have right now, so it was easy. How did did the sponsorship start on the car with Dale? Well, you you know, the... um, we've been hunting and fishing together for about 10 years and then and probably about 94 95 i I actually told richard i said look you know our business was new at the time i didn't have a whole lot of money to be able to put big sponsorship on cars and so we uh we did a deal with with dale and dale said let's let's get the b post and the c post and let's get it started and uh, and that's what we did. And, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship with both of them, with Richard and Dale, was very good for our business, you know, back in the time, you know, being in the camouflage business. And so uh, it just went from there. And and obviously, Dale's went in races and, uh, you know, back in the day with RCR. And uh, so it just – it was a good thing for us.
1: Do you remember the first time you met Dale? Or what
0: was the first memory you had with him <laughs> so, or being d- around him?
2: Da- dad's probably going to remember this. But,
0: uh, you know, a, a memory that I still have to this day, I was probably – I don't know, maybe 6 or 7 years old and uh Dale actually took me in the garage and we were gone for like 2 hours. And like he was I think worried sick. This was before cell phones. I didn't have a phone or anything. Dale didn't have a phone with him and we went around talked to different crew members. I'm sure I met some different well, drivers. Well, first that
2: first he wasn't supposed to be There's in the garage. There's more than yeah. the story. There's too. more to the story. First he's not really supposed to be in the garage. Yeah. Of course obviously, yeah. you know, with Richard and Dale and everything and and I'll never forget Dale walked up to me and said Tell you, Daddy, we were back a little while, and all I can remember, you know, six John. years old, and a, and and uh, Dale walking off. Well, two hours go by, and I had I have no clue where my baby boy is, but he's with Dale. Yeah, so so was, we
0: were, and like at the time, obviously, like I had no idea how big of a deal that was. Like even when he came to the farm and turkey hunted, I was like, man, this is just one of Dad's. Hunting buddies, yeah, right. I mean, then you know, now looking back on it, I, you know, I realize how special those times were. But um, I do remember, you know, being gone for a long period of time, and then, uh, you know, having him and Richard at the farm in those early years were, uh, you know, special memories. Yeah, but you were gone.
2: But what were you doing?
0: We were just in the garage. I don't even know what we were doing. I think we were maybe, maybe by— Roman. You were just
2: he got a six- or seven-year-old now, yeah.
0: Roaming I mean, around. And like I, j- I just followed him yeah. around, and he yeah. held my hand through the garage, and we met, I don't know, different team members, a part of, maybe some of his team members. I'm not even really sure. Yeah. But we were gone for at least an hour and a half. I got, t- I got two funny
1: stories. So the first time I met Dale, I was uh, with Hornaday, and we had decided that we weren't very good at golf, and we were going to go, and we were going to get some shotguns. So this is probably, probably 98. So Hornaday was, Ron Hornaday uh, was driving for, for Dale and, and he went from the truck. He was probably still in the truck, probably in 98. So we go in there and we walk straight upstairs. We bust through Earnhardt's office door and he's sitting at his desk and he's got his glasses down about like this. And he looks over his glasses What the hell do you two want? <laughs> <laughs> he's, got a, he's got piles of papers sitting on his desk, and uh, we sit down and, and Hornaday says, "Well, boss," he's like, "We want to go learn how to shoot a shotgun." He said, "What in the hell?" Do you want to go learn how to shoot a shotgun? For you two idiots will shoot your toes off or something happens. Shouldn't you be outside in the shop working on your race cars? And so we go through that that whole spill. And finally, you remember Danny from uh, Remington. He calls. I do, I do. He calls Danny from from Remington. He's like, "Can you come get these two morons and teach them how to shoot these guns correctly so that they don't injure themselves and can still drive this race car?" And he starts. He gets up and takes his glasses and throws them on the desk. And and he tells Hornaday. He says, "Go outside and get the truck." Kevin, you come with me. And he was. Start walking down the stairs, and then he starts explaining everything that that he had going on at DEI. And we go back behind the shop, and we go into this room, and it's got knives and guns and hey, everything. Airhead shop, yeah, 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 yep.
0: right behind DEI. Uh, that's exactly yep. right. Yep.
1: That's exactly right. So we go into that room, and we get that's where I got my first gun. So that was where I got my first shotgun was was from that's Dale, right. and he gave myself and Hornaday a Remington shotgun, and to this day. I, I still have it, but that oh, was, cool. that was kind of where the outdoor piece of it start. And and then, so we went a couple of years and, um, we go to, to Michigan to announce the the AC Delco deal. And I'm same kind of deal walking around with Richard. He's, he's showing me around. I'm, you know, 23 years old and, and just everything, everything there is, is great. And we're, um, going over to the trailer. We do our announcement. We walk over to the trailer. He's like, come on, let's go, let's go see what, let's go see what Dale's doing. So we walk up into three trailer and walk up in the lounge because we're like 15, 20 minutes before practice. And we walk in and it was absolutely nothing that I never thought I would see in my whole life. But I walk in and there stands Dale Earnhardt. You know, you're thinking this guy in this big GM Goodrich suit, he's got – he's got his underwear on and two, and, and two gloves on his hand. And he's like, Hey Richard, how you doing Kevin? And he walks over, shakes my hand in his gloves, standing in his, standing in his briefs. And, and I'm like, well, um, what, what's, what's happening in here? He's like, well, I got to wear these new gloves. And so I don't like them if I don't wear them for a while. So he's just standing up there in his, in his race gloves and his underwear, Oh yeah. um, just, walking around. just in between, I guess, getting yeah. in his driver's suit. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was my my first two uh really
2: lasting memories right lasting there. memories of
1: of Dale Earnhardt. so yeah. it was it was always always entertaining so um as you go back and and we go back to the you know to the the relationship with Dale and and you talk about those those early days there has to be uh, to me Dale was always pretty is this fair to say he was pretty high strung and <laughs> and always in a hurry is that fair
2: that is fair and you you know people that have known Dale and you've yeah. been around him as well uh, uh, Dale was, uh, well, always quick to give you advice. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, even friends and you, you've heard stuff, I know with Dale Jr. and stuff, but he was quick to give you advice and about something, whether he was right or wrong, he was always right. And I say that in a complimentary way, not a bad way, but, uh, but he, he was always thinking about something all the time. Was he, was
1: was he an anxious hunter? Or was he a not, pretty?
2: Not as much as Childers. he had he had a heap more patience. <laughs> the most anxious hunter I've ever seen in my life was Richard Childers. Yeah. But uh, Dale was somewhat patient and and you know he uh he he wanted to get the big one and he he loved competition. He didn't want you to outdo him. So he was very competitive, even in the woods and fishing or whatever he was doing. But uh he, he was a little he's a little anxious, yep. Did he like to get
1: past on dirt road in the snow? <laughs> uh.
2: <laughs> several well they were rental cars so that's all <laughs> yeah, that's I, they were not my cars, but they were rental but we did we had a little bumper two, you know in the rear end and were you in his car where now, were you no uh well the story you're probably trying to uh in we, Iowa? We, were in Iowa, yeah. okay. we were Iowa, yeah and we were out we were hunting with good friends don and candy Kiske at the Kiske place and it was dale and i and, and ned yost that uh Ned's the former third base coach of the braves and uh, also for the kansas city royals they won the world series and Ned was a good friend of Dale's, and, and Dale was a good friend of ours, and, but we were in Iowa, and, uh, but Dale loved the competition side, which we all know, it, whether on the track or off the track, but uh, he gave us a little bump from the rear on the county road, and and David Blanton, you know, I know you know David that works oh, yeah. for us, David uh, was driving, and we were behind on a county road, it is cold, as <laughs> could be, snow's coming down, and, we we're going from one place on the farm where we were staying <clears throat> to where Don and Candy were, and we were going to sight in shotguns for for uh, you know slug gun season. And so we're following Dale on this county road. It is probably about 14, 15 degrees. And uh, David looks at me and says, "I'm gonna pass Dale." I said, "No, no, 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 yeah. don't, no, we don't need to be passing." You were in the Dale. car with David. Yeah, I was in the car with David. So Ned and Dale are together. And so David gets a running start on that county road. It's got snow drifts on both sides, and I said, "No, you, it's going to be payback if you if you pass him." And so yeah. David just floored it. <laughs> and so we we pull out. Dale's not does not see it coming, and I'll never forget. We get side by side on the county road, and I'll never forget. Dale was driving, and he looked and saw what's passing him, and you could see it through his face. His foot went. You could you know he went fast. And we pulled around him. I said, he's going to spin us out. I'm just telling you right now, he's going to spin us out. So we're on this county road. Thank goodness no other cars were on there. And sure enough, he gets up there and gives us a little tap, you know, on the back. Yeah. And I said, we got to go up here and make his turn, David. He's going to spin us out right here on this road. So he backed up. Dale backed off a little bit. So we go down this road. And I said, we got to stop. There's this barn where we're going to sight in the guns. And I know it's coming. And so we get to the barn and. So sure enough, you know, two rental cars, boom, boom. And I just sit there. We, we're all stopped, and he uh, gets out, and the only comment he said, is, said, y'all don't pass me again. That's <laughs> all he said. He said, y'all don't pass me again. And I, I and I went back and looked at the back end of our truck, and the front end of his, and we had a little dent. And so we had to do, turn it in on our insurance, <clears throat> you know, get it fixed before we, you know, when you we return the You didn't claim
1: ignorance on that one. You just because no, you knew you were in trouble. You I was in trouble.
2: trouble. No, he, he you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And, and Dale played that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he uh, he was—he uh, liked competition. Didn't like anybody getting one up on him. But uh, we did uh, return two Reynolds with dents in them. Did
0: you ever hunt with him, Tyler? I don't think so. I don't think I ever did. I mean, I think I was always in, like, when he came to Circle yep. Inn in Alabama, you know, we had a lease over there. And I remember, you know, Dave and Richard and Dale came and hunted. But I was always at camp. I don't think yep. I was ever in the woods. I think – I think, I think Dale was probably worried I would have slowed everything everything yeah. down.
1: You said Dave. Are you talking Dave Marcus? Dave Marcus, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, so Dave, I mean, I have pictures in front of the Circle Inn, yeah. you know, sign, the lease we had over there um, with Dave and Dale both and, and Richard. So, I mean, I have probably three or four pictures, um, you know, from different times I hunted there. Was, was,
1: so was Rich or um, Dale involved with everything that, that Dave did at this point? Or were Dale and Dave friends?
2: They were friends, what yeah. What was, yeah, they were. yeah. Well, you know, uh, it. I think when you go back and, you know, ask Richard and everything, you know, uh, Dale and Richard really tried to help Dave. You know, Dave did a lot of testing, you know, for RCR. Pretty, and pretty sure he tested, no, yeah. and
0: I'm pretty sure he tested a lot for yeah, for Dale,
2: did. but I know
0: he tested the Daytona 500 88 or 1998 car.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, Dave Marcus, Dave Marcus tested. Dave. Marcus tested. Yeah. I think he Mike Dillon and course.
1: Dave. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, we tested all the time for Yeah. Of all. And th- so that that sounds pretty much par for the course because in 2000 yeah. I started doing the the testing for Dale, and we um, because Dale would never if it wasn't Indy or it wasn't the Daytona test for before the 500 he was not going to test. <laughs> and at that particular time, you couldn't. Yeah. There was no limit. Like you just went to the racetrack. So we lived at Talladega and Daytona testing and that kind of branched off in 2000 over into, um, doing the testing with General Motors. They were trying to develop a new shock system and and new suspension and everything that that we had going on. Um, so really during 2000, we did all the testing and, and the first, um, we spent like, we would spend like two or three days a week at, at Kentucky doing the downforce testing. So, um, we took that car that we were testing, and they actually took my seat out of it. It was actually one of Dale's cars. And so we took the seat out of it, put his seat back in it, and they took it to Indianapolis. Yep. They got it to Indy, and they unloaded both cars, and Dale gets there, and he goes out in his car and makes a run. And, and they said, okay, now now get in this car, and goes out and runs nine-tenths of a second faster than he did in his car. <laughs> so we've been working on this stuff for months and months yeah. and months. and comes back in and they said wow that was you know that was a lot better and he said what's in this car at that point you know the like dale and Rusty and all those guys they were very into the springs and the shocks and everything that was happening on their on their cars so they had this this kind of common mindset of well it needs a 800 pound spring a 900 pound spring 250 what whatever that whatever that was at that particular time well this car was Nothing like that. it was really the kind of the next generation of of springs and shocks and suspension and, and the way that it was, and they told him I said, Well, it's got three five hundred pound springs and a two hundred pound spring in the in the back and and by the time they got done, he said, You load this motherfucker in the truck and don't ever don't ever bring it back to the racetrack again because I am not driving anything that has those those springs and those shocks in there, and he wouldn't drive it he would not drive it um after after that that particular run so they put it back in the truck and and he never drove it and we won a ton of races that year. Well, we continued to develop his car and the suspension and and that suspension package and we took it all the way to the end of the year. Well, at the end of the year we went to Homestead and we were the fastest car there. Well, it was towards the end of the year and 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 he was at a point of yeah. of saying, "Hey, might be time, might not be time. Didn't really know when he was going to retire. So we were the fastest car at Homestead, and at that time, they covered the media covered the test. So we um, came into the garage at Phoenix that next weekend, and his first questions he was just getting hammered with: Are you retiring? Why is Harvick testing your car, your teams, your whole teams there with him? Because I would take Kevin Hamlin and, and all of us would go together. And, and so, um, so we, I go walking through the cup garage because I knew that a lot of the stuff was starting to cycle in and and we had kind of started just being able to joke around and kid around. Well, he was not kidding around on this particular day after his media session, he was mad. (laughs) He rounded up myself. Uh, Richard, Kevin (laughs) Hamlin, and I am, that particular day, Dale Jr. just accidentally walked into the trailer at the wrong time, and he ripped our butts that day (laughs) for going and testing, and he needed to be at these tests, and he didn't need to be answering these questions and this and that, and... Um, so he came back (laughs) in, he went out, he practiced good, went out and qualified, ran over the apron. And I went back in the trailer, just trying to be a smart ass. I went back in the trailer and, and he ran over the apron and qualified, and kind of screwed the lap up. And I said, Hey man, if you need a pillow to see over that steering wheel, just, just let me know. And that, (laughs) that was, that was probably, probably not the right, probably not the right, right thing to say. So, um, he didn't react. Yeah, he didn't. At that point I was still pretty young and, and, you know it's that generational thing right you know it's it's a different you're joking around but he doesn't he doesn't think it's respectful to to joke around and and um so that's funny he would he would get a a little bit offended when in some of those situations but we were having fun i'm alex rodriguez and
0: i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business
1: sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together i didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech it opened up so
1: many more doors the show is called the The deal
0: Deal. listen to the deal listen to
1: the deal on spotify we were young and and didn't care and so that was that was kind of the the end of 2000 and and so i did when did you think he would retire and if he hadn't passed in 2001 with the accident, what, 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 how many more years do you think he had left? You,
2: you know, Richard and I had that conversation. Yeah. Um, I think he was within a year. You or, think so? Uh, or two, yeah, at the most, because um, I think Dale wanted to go out on his own terms. I'm not the one to yep. be the judge and the jury on any of that, but Rich and I had conversations about it. I know they had conversations. And uh, I think, you know, at 49 years of age, I, I, I think he was would have probably given another year or two yeah. the Max, yeah. Yeah what's your thoughts i mean you think he
1: i, I think it was pretty close too oh, yeah. yeah i think i think you're i mean i think we all kind of knew the the time frame was right around that 50 number yeah and i think a lot of it was just wanting to go out on positive terms and do the things that that on a positive note because they had put a lot of effort into the car we i mean we had tested it yeah. a lot in 2000 and had everything squared away and and really that's that's part of the reason that we were able to to get in that car yeah. the next year and and be able to cars very run competitive. competitively very, right off very, the bat because yes. general motors and and rcr and and dale and and just everybody had said, okay yeah. we need to it's getting towards the end here, but we can't go out not running good we yeah. can't just go flop around and, right. and so they had put a lot of effort in into the cars and the program and and I like i say I, I think after Dale died and, and we were able to go out and run good in those first few weeks it's because that Everybody had put so much effort in and we had been in the car right. a lot. So, um, but obviously everything happened at, at Daytona in, in 2001 And were you guys there?
2: I was there, you know, and uh I don't know if you were there at that race, but I was um, the race you know, a lot of people don't don't know this, but um uh on Thursday afternoon I, I flew in and that's you know, when they were covering the the practices on Friday and uh back in the day and so when I got there on Thursday uh, he called me and said what new hats we got you know we had the real tree souvenir rig there and mm-hmm. and I said I don't know let's call Chris so Chris Williams ended up bringing three or four hats and, and so Dale and I and Chris went through the hats on his uh, motor coach and Teresa was not there when we were uh looking at hats but he picked out this one particular hat it was solid black with a camo real tree number 3 on the front so he said I'm going to wear this one all weekend and uh that was Dale's way of saying I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna show your products off, and we had the real RealTree souvenir rig out there. So he had that hat, and uh, you know he kept it all weekend, and uh, he wore it. Uh, you know he did a ride around before the 500 with Terry, uh, Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw, and so he had that hat on, and mm-hmm. so uh, that was uh, I think they filmed it on Saturday, and it aired before the 500 on Sunday. But uh, that Sunday morning, uh, I get a call, and it's from Dale. He said, come over here, motor coach. And he and I walked into the track together. Mm. And so uh, one of my my good memories is walking through the garage, you know, and coming through the starting grid, just me and him. And we were talking about turkey hunting, mm. of all things. You know, we had that annual trip, you know, it was in February, and our season opened up in the middle of March. So he and I walked through the starting grid. Biggest race of y'all's, you know, career being the Daytona 500. And we we talked turkey hunting, coming through the grid, mm. you know, and stuff. And so... When I when we got to the uh, race car, uh, I went off to the right side, and Teresa and Taylor were on the left side of the car, and you know, he went obviously to them, and I started talking to Danny Lawrence. Danny was up there at the car, and as you know, I know a lot of the three car members that mm-hmm. became your, a lot of your crew members after that, but uh, I sat over there on the other side and didn't think anything about anything. It's yeah. another Daytona 500, and I can remember looking across the car uh, back at him, And they had the uh, track chaplain there, and they said a prayer, you know, there at the window. So Danny and I were sitting there talking. And then, of course, we had, I went on to our Thrive People, the suite, not thinking anything, you know, was going to happen. But that was my last moments with him. And, you know, I I tell Tyler this I was probably, I'm going to say, one of five or six last people that uh, had a chance to visit with him before he got in the car that day. So it's a good memory for me to, uh just share that part with him and you know coming down the track but talking about turkey hunting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's the I mean that's really the the common thread that you've had with so many people in our sport. You know, and it's not just not just myself and Dale and right. Dave Marcus. I mean, for for a number of years you had group hunts that we went on that were fun, as, fun <laughs> as anything as anything that that we ever did and and really every year that we go to Talladega yeah. for for the most part at some point we're going turkey hunting at, at Realtree farms. And, and so, you know, I think that that, that is not a surprising conversation that, no. that you and Dale were, that you and Dale were having. And I think as people hear this, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have more questions and they're going to um, understand that, that, that outdoor bond that you guys had was probably something that a lot of people didn't didn't understand.
2: Well, I, I can say this right now, even with Tyler, but you and I have that bond. Yeah. You and Tyler have that bond. Right. And the outdoors really probably put that bond even closer together between the Harvicks and our family and, yeah. and and Bobby, Bonnie, we talked about Bobby earlier and, you know, and Terry was just that, uh, that common interest of enjoying the same things. And, you know, uh, you guys have a uh, life away from the track mm-hmm. and, uh, I was very fortunate to be able to, uh, hunt with you and you go on hunt with us. And, uh, you know, it kind of clicked with you. You know, yeah. we had so much good times together elk hunting and still will. And, uh, so it, it's this, uh, the outdoor bond really, is, I think you really, my relationships to, with most everybody in that garage is built around the outdoors. You yeah. really get to know somebody and yeah, you way. get to know, it's somebody. just like going yeah. to
0: a golf course or something. Yeah. When you're in hunting camp with somebody for four or five days, I mean, that's when you really get to know one another and create a special yeah. bond.
1: Well, we went on an elk hunt and I believe it was in Utah with Utah. Bobby and, and Terry, um, Labonte And, you know, most people would look at Bobby and Terry. They're like, Oh, they're quiet and shy. They're they're, funny. They're, they are. They have the best (laughs) sense of humor that you could possibly ever ask for. And when you get them together and have a couple beers and you're in Mm -hmm. hunting camp, we had the best time that, that
2: you could possibly ever have on, on that hunt
1: with, with those guys.
2: Well, you know, I, I would think this too, you know, on those hunts, even though you knew drivers, uh, y'all had a, another way to get to know each other better. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of of the times that we uh, we go on hunts that it was really neat to see, even though you know each other, you don't know each other in some ways. And so the hunting thing kind of brought everybody together as a common interest. But it was was fun for me to sit back on those type hunts and, uh, uh, you know, just have great memories of Terry and, and Bobby and Ryan Newman and Truex and everybody else just had, Dale Junior went on a couple of hunts with us, you know, uh, into Montana. So it was just a, a a good bonding experience.
1: Well, we can't completely step away from the the Utah elk hunt because I think that is one of our better bonding moments that we have had. We got have. close. We got close. We we did get really close. So, do you want to start with with telling your
2: My version of it,
1: your version of the story, and I fill in the blanks, or do you want me to tell the story and you fill in your version? Is this your first elk hunt? This is my first elk hunt. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess if we back up a little bit, when when we started in in 1999, I wasn't really that into the outdoors, and and so Bill and Realtree really introduced me to the outdoors, and and became something that I enjoyed being a part of and doing and the camaraderie and the hunts and learning and turkey hunting and elk hunting. But for me, elk hunting is what I've learned to in- enjoy the most because I think it's the most intense thing that you can do. But my first elk hunt was on this trip that I'm talking in about. In Utah. In Utah. was Bobby and Terry the Bonnie. I don't remember who else was there. Uh, Might have been, been Truex.
2: You know, I'm not was uh was Terry Earnhardt on that hunt? I
1: don't remember I to, who, who the others were, but I remember Bobby yeah. and Terry and myself yeah. and you and Chris and, and so um this is my this is my first elk hunt that I went on. This is Bill's version, and I'll fill in the blanks, but <laughs> it was right in the middle of the rut. And and that means that the animals are
2: bugling. Bugling,
1: very vocal, J- very vocal. excited. And we walk into camp. We said, Hey, let's go out and <laughs> scout a little bit. We walk down a road, we start calling. And the next thing you know, there is an elk just ripping the trees down, coming through the and brush. He's a giant. <laughs> and it is a massive, massive, massive animal. And I had never seen this before. But before we even got to the point of seeing that elk finish coming through the brush, do you remember the little baby moose that walked up mm-hmm. the side of the mountain yeah. and scared the living crap out of us? Yep. It came walking up. I, it, I mean, it was like a slope. Like this, and this little baby moose just comes walking up from me to you, and just standing there, like
2: yeah, looking at him. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I think we probably have that footage. Too. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. You probably, know, probably have it. But go ahead. We're, we're no, we're, no, no. I'm, I'm. No, you tell us. So we, I'm, we I'm we're say there if... for, we're
1: there for like three or four days, and um, you're doing good. We're we're out, and we're set up on this little plateau, and we've got when we hunt with Bill, we have yourself and Bill, a camera guy. And then the the usually whoever you're hunting with is is up on top of the hill, just kind of glassing, looking. and making sure that they know what's going on. So you got there's a lot of moving pieces to it. So myself and Bill and the camera guy, who was camera guy, do you remember?
2: Not so sure it wasn't Daniel. I think it may been Daniel. Might have been Daniel. Been Daniel.
1: Hi, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll just for 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 now we'll just call him the camera guy. Um, <laughs> but so we're we're set up on this little plateau and we've got three elk. There's there's. One on each.
2: We're line we're line. calling. I'm we calling, and they're, bugling, and, and they're bugling, and they're bugling.
1: Yes, Bill is calling, and this elk, these elk, all three are coming in, and he says, "Don't shoot, don't move, just let me keep calling." They're going to all meet together, and we're going to have a nice little whatever. Fight. We're going to have a little fight. Yep. Um. And we want to get it on camera. And I'm like, okay. So these elk start walking in. Well, I can hear one of the elk come up on the on the road. And maybe the footage is different than this, but this is how I remember it. But I hear one elk. You can hear it. It's footsteps on the road, on the rocks, and on the rocks. And, the, rocks. and, and the the and other the one's coming straight in. The one to the left is literally in the field, right with us. And I'm and I keep looking back, and I can hear this elk right behind me. And I'm like, man, this thing is right here.
2: This thing is close. And I, I am, I've seen the footage. Yeah, we got freaking, the footage. I'm just.
0: Seeing,
1: I am scared <laughs> to freaking death at this particular point because I've seen how excited these animals are and how massive they are and I had never been in a moment like this. So these two are in the field and this one is on the other side of this little pine tree
2: about from here to my It's, suit. it's big it's kind of thick if you remember. You, yeah. It's hard to see about through. About from here yeah. to my
1: suit. Yeah. uh away from me sitting on the on the set here. About 5 yards. Yeah, it was close. And Bill's like, "Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Whatever you do, do not shoot." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this animal is that close right here. I'm well, we didn't it's have a, It's close.
2: Even though it was close, it wasn't a good shot. You know, the elk wasn't far enough out. For it was him. behind it, me. It was behind you.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I keep hearing the animal. I could care less about these two because I know this one is right behind me. Well, I look, I look over, and about that same time, this elk looks around the tree like this, and it is <laughs> massive. And when I say massive, I mean massive. Well, it scares the crap out of me, so I just pick up my gun, turn to the right, shoot. And I missed from five yards. It skims off a branch over the top of the elk, and this elk is standing there looking at me like, "What the heck? What in the heck just happened? Bill's fumbling through his pockets.
2: What What in the world?
1: What?
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't. What are you doing? What happened
1: here? My first turkey hunt that I went on. Do you remember that one? Not on Harvey Hill, was it? Which one? no, that one was definitely not on Harvey Hill. That the first turkey hunt I went to was not very good, so we went we went to the farm. You probably have this one on footage too. Um, so we were at the farm, and it was it was hot in the miserable part of the day, right in the middle of the day. It was it was hot, and we there was not a turkey goblin anywhere in sight. But you had these new pop-up blinds.
2: Oh yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He had these yeah, new know. pop-up blinds. He's telling on me. Oh, now. I, I, okay. No, yeah, he's yeah. telling on me now. Have, have you
1: ever seen the movie ET? Oh ET's yeah. e. in the little uh, covers himself <laughs> up know, with the no. sh- <laughs> he's standing around. E. T., e. T. All right, <laughs> let me let, let me just let me
2: let let just like, set, <laughs> let me just set this up. It's hot. It's hot. I, it is hot. And so these turkeys were coming to one of our fields, you know. And so I said, let's just do this. we're just going to throw a pop-up blind up. We just sit in here. It's hot. We'll just open up the windows and everything. And it's no sense us just, you know, going. These deer. I mean, these turkeys are coming to the field. So, we had a pop up blind. So you have to. The people who don't know, you have to open it up, and it's got springs on it, and so you you can take it from there. So I'm opening up the blind. Yeah. So so Bill
1: opens up this blind, and and um, we've got lawn chairs set up, and we're we're just we're just screwing around at this particular point. So he opens up this blind, and he he's in there fumbling around and it kind of folds up well he's you in the to pop middle it out, yeah. he's <laughs> in the middle of this thing trying to get it to spring open well when it springs open the whole thing just
2: pops open pops open Not yeah, like an umbrella yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so so we we um uh, i'm and i'm laughing outside because i have no idea what he's doing um and apparently he didn't have any idea what he was doing either so <laughs> He's in the
2: middle. of Well, water. I knew what I was doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and this thing, this thing finally springs open, and all I hear is
2: ah. ah!
1: <laughs> Bill has got Bill has got no. his fingers that are in the in the in the middle of where they're, hinges, they're you know where the
2: hinges are, and, and it caught my it fingers. Caught my, yeah.
1: All of his fingers yeah. are in the middle of these hinges and stuck, and it's got all of his fingers pinched, and he's walking around in this in this bladder. And up. I'm laughing so hard that I can't go over and help him <laughs> to get the thing. It took it takes me two or three minutes to get composed enough to go over and <laughs> and, and pull down on this blind to be able to, to get, get it to shut. free my fingers out <laughs> but i mean those are the, those are the things that that i love and you've got to experience that with with so many people th- yep. throughout the years but for us our, our families have have become great friends and and um through the outdoors and through racing and through the relationships of, that we've built it wasn't just a name on the car and you can you can see it on the helmets uh, back there for for a number of years um, since 1999. It's it's been a part of who we are and what we do and and created. um, We've created a monster.
2: No, With well him. you you know. Oh yeah, years. I, I've I've known you long enough. And of course him being young, but you don't you probably you are going to remember this. But I kept encouraging you to have kids. Yeah you know, all the way we through this conversation thing. a lot. We had that conversation. I said, look, greatest thing will ever happen to you. And of course you were on a certain time racing and everything yeah. else. And, uh, so I, I, every time I just I said look, you're going to be a great dad. Yeah. And now lay's going to be
0: a great mom. Keelan might love it as much as anybody. Yeah. In yeah, the group. yeah. I mean, we enjoyed, yeah. I know the last few years having him down Turkey hunting and then deer hunting this past fall. He's, you know, got that competitive, uh, kind of mindset, even when it comes to that. And, you know, I think what's been a joy with him is just watching right. him take everything in and like sitting in the blind with him a few times. I did asking so many questions yeah. just about why the deer are doing, you know, certain things this time of year. And, um, you know, so it's it's been fun, and hopefully, you know, continue, uh, you know, kind of feeding his outdoor passion as we go forward. Too. He loves it,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. and and you guys are gracious enough to be a part of his racing career, and it's been the real tree yeah. relationship has been on Keelan since he started racing on whether his suit or his car or whatever it is, and and that part is great, but. The thing that I love is now we're the we're the old. I mean, you're much older than me, Bill.
2: Yeah, I'm a lot older. Uh, But I got you. I'm I'm, I'm way old. I'm old. I'm up there with
1: Richard. But we're a different. We're a different generation. That's true. Uh, And so Keelan doesn't like. He doesn't like to hunt with you, and he doesn't like to hunt with me. Um, He wants to hunt with with Tyler. Absolutely. So every time we go hunting now, Tyler is uh, Tyler is the one that that uh, gets to go hunting with Keelan. And and I've I've been in the blind with him and 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 some of those. Um, hunt, so I've been able to do with him, but yep. I can't wait to see him uh, hear his first turkey gobbling in this year. And and um, you know, for for me, being able to see his passion for the outdoors is something that I never got to grow up with like like that. But you guys are the reason that that happened. And you know, I think being able to. Um, Share in what he does with the outdoors with with you guys and just watch that grow. But you've done the same thing with Tyler and your Absolutely. company, and and the way that you guys have have structured everything has has been has been fun to watch. So, um I guess the you know I, we, we've got a couple of minutes left. I guess the the biggest thing for for me is just I just want to say thanks thanks for for everything that that you guys have done for not only me but for NASCAR racing because I don't think in the end people really understand the reach that the RealTree brand has had throughout the years. It started with Davey Allison. It went to Dale Earnhardt. But for a number of years, I mean you guys had pretty much the whole field. Um, anybody who was a star driver on the on the Realtree the souvenir. souvenir range, range, and, yep. and um I think that's a something that a lot of people don't realize is just how many outdoorsmen and and women there are uh, that are in our sport they our yeah. sport nascar yeah. racing and the outdoors pretty much go, they go
2: together they, they go, go together, together. They that's go our customer
1: together. that's that's your customer uh those are the things that that the people in our garage for the most part love to do and that watch our sport love to do and whether it was on the outdoor channel or espn right. or now it's on all the all the real tree networks of of uh, outlets that you guys have, but it's been um it's been something that's that's been a part of the NASCAR DNA for a while. Well, long time. you know that
2: it, it's it's been great for us, and I tell you that yeah, all the friendships and drivers are one thing, but uh, a lot of your crew members over the years, yeah. The outdoorsmen, yeah, you know, and, and uh, we have a special relationship with a lot of the twenty nine team, as you know, and obviously with your current four team that you just. Uh, uh, left and uh, so but you know those guys if when we go to the racetrack it's we don't talk about racing yeah, yeah. we talk about hunting i'm about those to say
0: things. some yeah. of my favorite yeah. and best hunting relationships come yep. from in, within nascar i mean yeah. i've been growing up in the sport i've been turkey hunting probably since i was four or five years old i've been at a nascar track since i was the same age yeah so well you know
2: i think the neat thing too you know talk about richard and uh what a legend richard and what he has meant to the sport all these years and you know, both the grandkids with Ty and Austin, both, you know, uh, they hunted with us and we have pictures of Tyler and Austin and Ty together, you know, when they were eight, nine, Mm -hmm. 10 years old. So, um, you know, obviously Richard has passed that heritage on to Mike Dillon and of course the grandkids with Ty and Austin. So it's been very rewarding for us. It's, uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to think like with you, you probably never would have done the outdoor thing. And Keelan probably would have never done the outdoor thing if we hadn't gotten connected some way. And, uh, you know, I I was I was telling Tyler on the way over here one of the biggest compliments I can say about Kevin Harvick. Now, for you giving us compliments, was you know uh, you and I sat in that room in two thousand one after after Dale had passed, and I'll never forget these words from Richard Childers when he's dressing the the uh, the three team now the twenty nine team and that meeting on Thursday morning after the five hundred, him saying, telling that crew members that uh, on that on your twenty nine team, if I hadn't hired him, Dale was and what a compliment to you uh that Richard uh, and Dale both uh, thought of you as a driver and and your potential that you had and and uh you know here we are 20 plus years later, and it all is true. So, we thank you for the uh, yeah. same thing as well, just for what you've meant to the sport, what you've meant to us. And um, I, I think we got a lot longer to go, and we're going to turn this thing over to Keelan and Tyler. And, That's right. you know, I have a 15 year old son that, that Keelan knows well, too. That's right. So, uh, it's going to be fun to watch those guys.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time today. I, I think I thought it was fun to be able to to tell people a little bit of the the history of real tree and everything that you guys have done in our sport and our relationship and and how that has gone through the years so thank you for listening to kevin harvick's happy hour presented by nascar on fox you can watch on youtube or catch it on harvick happy pod anywhere on social media thanks